Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to Sister Wives with Mary Jane Kay. Today is the start of book club and today I'm going to go through the prologue and go over a few excerpts in the prologue and insights and any contradictions to the show Sister Wives. I'm not going to read the book verbatim, but anything insightful or funny or contradictory to the show or any commonly referenced incidents like the Nacho incident, for example, when I get to it, I will go over and I'll go section by section in the book, Becoming Sister Wives, in a series of commentaries over time. As we know, the book I'm covering in this book club series is Becoming Sister Wives, the story of an unconventional marriage written by Cody Mary, Janelle, and Christine, and of course, Mother Teresa herself, Robin Brown. Writing this book was on Robin's vision board, so I'm sure she believes firmly that she manifested this memoir just as she dreamt of her kids before they were born. So today I will cover the prologue. Episode two of Book Club will cover chapter one, and depending on length, perhaps chapter two. And I will just give my commentary as we progress through Robin's manifestation, this memoir, section by section. I will, again, not be reading the book verbatim. Obviously, I'm just providing my commentary on key segments and my opinions on the segments, but I'm not reading the book out loud, obviously. But I encourage you all to either buy the book or check it out from your local public library, the New York Times bestseller, Becoming Sister Wives. I wish I could say I couldn't put it down. It was interesting when I first read it years and years and years ago, but now it just seems like fluffy bullshit provided the dynamics of the family now. This was written back in the mask on days of Cody, when even though behind closed doors Christine hated polygamy, they all advocated for it and they grasped at straws to sell it as beneficial and healthy. So the book is chock full of contradictions of things that were said and written that aged like milk. As we know, the dynamics of the family have changed considerably. Cody's well-being and state of mind has declined considerably and all this fluff about the family being his life and breath goes down the pipes with his quote from the show from the current seasons, my wives are obstacles to my goals. His goals aren't his wives and kids any longer. He preaches they are in this book, but what are Cody's goals if the goals he once had are now his obstacles? I want to know what Cody's goals are. A viewer asked in a comment, will the real Cody Brown please stand up? I think that's a great question. And in my opinion, I think mask off Cody of the past two seasons or really more is the real Cody Brown. And it would be wonderful, of course, to see him take accountability and for him to have some gratitude for the women who he would be nothing without, who he refers to so disloyally and disrespectfully as the obstacles to his goals in life which would mean by extension that his kids are obstacles too. I often wonder, will Cody Brown please stand up and be the best version of himself, the enlightened, egoless, selfless person he claims plural marriage is supposed to make him? Because all he has shown in plural marriage is that plural marriage leads to suffering and ego and selfishness and competition and manipulation and emotional abuse and insecurities, control and hierarchies and neglect, emotional neglect, a lack of self-awareness and on and on. Does polygamy lead to one's best self, 
to enlightenment, as Cody suggests it should. Does adhering to celestial plural marriage and the faith lead to overcoming one's selfishness and shortcomings, or does it highlight them and exacerbate them? Cody has shown the latter, even though that's not what it says in this fluff piece of a prologue that he writes. Ironically, what Cody wants to advocate for with his show and what he wants to distinguish from the media image of the abuse and oppression and neglect and the abusive patriarchs and the suffering and the damage in polygamy that is portrayed in the media uh, under the faith, that's exactly what he has displayed while trying to distinguish himself as separate from that stereotype of polygamy that is typically displayed. And he wants to prove that his brand of plural marriage and polygamy is the opposite of that. I don't know if Cody is the right person to show the benefits of polygamy. I know there are other polygamist families like Brady Williams of My Five Wives or the Darger family that seem to show more fair, level-headed, selfless patriarchs. I still don't believe that it's a healthy lifestyle overall, but I do think there may be other polygamist families and polygamist patriarchs that execute polygamy and the lifestyle in a much healthier way. I watched a show a long time ago called My Five Wives, and the patriarch in that family, Brady Williams, was sensitive and compassionate and he seemed fair and like he tried to really do everything in his power to do things fairly and equally. He seemed to try and balance things equally as much as possible. And I really didn't see manipulation or abusive tactics or control or Brady lamenting that he wasn't the leader pouting like a child. I'd like to see those families represented and featured on TLC just to get a different look at that lifestyle. I won't be sold that it's the healthiest lifestyle choice, but I'd really like to see with a more stable and rational and attuned focal point as a patriarch how the structure and dynamics would play out within a polygamist family. But I digress. Let's get into the prologue. So first off is a quote from Cody I will read. And then, of course, there are already contradictions with just this introductory quote before the prologue even starts. So here's the quote. My life is my family. I enjoy nothing more than being surrounded by my wives and my children. I draw strength from them on a daily basis. I love the energy and unity that we exude as a group. We are wholesome and upright. We are devout and chaste. We are five consenting adults and 17 happy children, all free to make our own choices in this world. That is the opening quote from Cody Brown. So I mention this almost every episode because it is so important to remember during the rewatch. As we know, Cody verbatim said, my wives are obstacles to my goals this past season. And he said things to this effect before as well. His wives are obstacles to his goals, but here he has chosen to feature a quote beginning with, My life is my family. I enjoy nothing more than being surrounded by my wives and my children. I draw strength from them on a daily basis. How does that statement of flowery BS coincide with, My wives are obstacles to my goals. Here he draws strength from them every day. How does one draw strengths? from the obstacles to their goals. He loves being surrounded by his children too, he says. First of all, he calls his children Christine's kids or Janelle's kids, refusing to own them because they are what he perceives to be disrespectful or disloyal in not obeying him blindly. 
The only kids he calls his and he takes ownership of are Robin's kids, and it's because they obey him. And Robin's adult kids all still live at home past 18, and Cody is more than happy to help them. But his other older sons, or as he refers to them, Janelle's kids, as he calls them, he wants out because at 18, he has done all he can for them. They're 18, they should be out. He loves being around his wives and kids, but he hadn't seen his kids for nine or 10 months when he was living monogamy with Robin during the pandemic, and he even stopped calling his kids that he used to call regularly. When his son Gabe tried to extend himself and communicate with his father that he wants a good relationship, he wants communication with his dad, Cody gives nothing back as a father, and you can see the hurt during this scene in his son's eyes as he frustratedly begs for reassurance from his father. And Cody, as the mature adult and the father, offers not even a crumb, and it is as if Gabe is talking to a wall. He doesn't regularly see his wives and kids, and Cody also doesn't follow an equal and fair rotation among the households. And he went so far as to call his wives who have made Cody and made his family and made his TV show and raised these intelligent, responsible kids into mature and reliable, independent, self-aware, responsible adults, he'd be no one without his wives, and he called them obstacles to his goals, and he expressed these types of sentiments many times. He says he loves the energy and the unity they exude as a group. Is that why he said the only house that feels like home is his wife Robin's house and why he refers to her kids as his kids, not just Robin's kids, as he refers to his other kids strictly by whatever wife's kids they are and not taking ownership of them? He doesn't talk to the older kids even any longer. There are no longer five consenting adults and 17 happy children. There are now four consenting adults as Christine has left. Because one consenting adult decided to make her own choice in the world and free herself from a marriage to a man who viewed her as less than his equal. He loves being surrounded by his wives and his kids, but he doesn't spend equal time at each house. He used the pandemic as an excuse to live monogamy with Robin, in my opinion. He refused to attend a serious surgery with Isabel, even suggesting she goes alone as a minor to do major surgery flying across the country during a pandemic while in pain. He suggested she go alone. He cares so much, he suggested she go alone initially, and Isabel's mom, Christine, who has left Cody since, had to reassure Isabel when she was terrified that she will definitely be there by her side. The straw that broke the camel's back for Christine is when Cody told Christine intimacy was off the table knowing she has no other options and he has two other options to get intimacy, excluding Mary. And Mary revealed during this tell-all that they hadn't been intimate in over 10 years. When Cody told Christine intimacy was off limits, she said she couldn't have a loveless marriage. And Cody suggested he knows many couples that even have separate beds and they have no sex or intimacy within their marriages and they're perfectly happy. And when Christine asked if it was open for discussion, Cody said, well, we'll see how you behave with the other wives, meaning Robin, of course. And the reason we know that he means behaving better with Robin is Janelle is like a sister to Christine and Cody wouldn't be going 
up to bat and having Mary's back and trying to interfere uh, and withhold sex with Christine as a way to manipulate her behavior to be better with Mary. He wouldn't touch Mary with a 10-foot pole. He couldn't care less. Cody wouldn't take up for Mary. So that leaves Robin. And he warned Christine she was not being a good sister wife. He was attempting to withhold sex to try and manipulate Christine's behavior with Robin. And Christine at that point walked away. Cody says they're wholesome and upright. So I ask, is that the upright and wholesome way to treat your wife? I also want to point out the dedication is to all those who lived and loved before us. In secrecy, unable to acknowledge their love, marriages, and life publicly, we dedicate our story to you. I feel as though Cody has such a big ego, he feels like an important societal figure in the polygamist world, at, like doing the work for his people, just the way MLK did, or Gandhi, or or even the Dalai Lama or Mother Teresa. What's ironic, perhaps, is Cody did the show wanting to advocate for polygamy, and the wives grasped at straws to reach for the benefits. Cody tried to make polygamy seem just like monogamy. Many times he will say, this is just like in monogamy. He'll try to normalize it if there's a negative about polygamy. They constantly try to differentiate that they are not the culty polygamists, like in the FLDS, like the Warren Jeffs child brides and the abuse and the welfare fraud brand of polygamy. They are different. They are hip and cool and they are just like any other family. They don't braid their hair in a ridiculously outdated fashion or prairie dresses like those other polygamists. The Browns tried painstakingly to reject the media portrayal of polygamists and to tout the benefits of polygamy, and they may not wear prairie dresses or braid their hair or live on a compound or participate in a cult per se. I mean, it is a cult, but not. Um, uh, they don't ha do the same uh, level, let's say, of abuses as like the child brides, for example, I will say. But that still doesn't mean polygamy is the healthiest lifestyle. It's complicated and layered. It's not only difficult for the women who constantly battle to be at the top of the pecking order and the hierarchy that the wives say doesn't exist but totally exists. They also have to compare constantly. They perpetually battle jealousy and insecurity and competition. In my opinion, in the lifestyle, the wives all have to battle with comparison and jealousy and insecurity and it's a constant thing and it's magnified and multiplied by the number of wives that there are. They only get each wife, depending on how many wives there are, will get a third or a fifth or a quarter of their husband's time and their kids as well. The husband has to provide homes, all the bills for at least 20 people most of the time I'm sure that there's probably at least 20 people per family with all the wives and the husbands and the kids all the bills the homes the medical insurance the cars the clothes and the food for an inordinate number of children and women while also splitting every moment of time when they are not working to provide for their wives and kids they're spending all of their time with their wives and kids. And I'm sure that the men suffer too. The woman has to wait for her crumbs and their whole world revolves around when they get their time with their husband. I just don't think it's a healthy lifestyle to thrive in. And Cody, who wanted to advocate and show the non-nefarious, positive, healthy, beneficial side of the lifestyle, 
ended up proving just how toxic polygamy can be, in my opinion. So what Cody set out to prove and display, he only showed the opposite of, and that even he desperately would prefer monogamy with Sabin. I wonder how the polygamist families feel about Cody dedicating his story to them and his struggle to them with how things have played out over the seasons as Cody has grown more and more jaded and resentful and bitter and angry. He is moody and, in my opinion, emotionally abusive and neglectful and manipulative. And as Cody increasingly insists on blind obedience and he tries to grasp onto a toxic meld of patriarchal control and his delusional ways of thinking, his family disintegrates more and more because Cody was the glue. And Cody, who constantly reminds his wives that they signed up for this when they complain, isn't fulfilling his end of the agreement that he signed up for. He neglects his wives, resenting them as obligations he must fulfill. He neglects his kids, and he is so unaware, it's painful to watch the destruction he causes in his wake. I wonder if other polygamous families want Cody as their representative. I wonder if there are other polygamous families who thrive in less toxic environments, and if after Cody, any one of them would ever take the opportunity to go public and show the world their truth. Problem is, Cody sold us a version of polygamy he felt was palatable and appealing, but it wasn't the reality. Behind closed doors, back in season one, maybe even before then, Christine was telling Cody she hated living polygamy. Back in season one, while on camera, she was whimsically touting the benefits of polygamy on camera. Janelle had left before the show and returned. What kept Mary was her daughter and her commitment to the family, but she struggled with the lifestyle as well. So the fable viewers were presented with wasn't the reality. In a comment of mine, a viewer of mine asked, and I said this before, will the real Cody please stand up? And I believe what we have seen increasingly over the seasons, particularly the last two seasons, is a sliver of Cody mask off. Bitter with that shit-eating grin of his, wondering why his subjects won't blindly obey, wondering why his supplicants won't feed his ego. But I have a feeling they are done doing the cooking. So let's start with the prologue. Cody is sitting in the ballroom of the Beverly Hills Hilton, and here he is, feigning humility like he always loves to do. We've seen it many times before. He can't believe he's there. After all, he's just a small town boy, not some Hollywood superstar. He is sitting in the stylist chair and she asks Cody what his show is about at the press tour for Sister Wives. He tells her it's a show about his family. He is a polygamist with four wives. And here comes Cody's ego, guys. He says the stylist stopped her work for a moment and looked him in the eyes and he knew what she was thinking. I'm an average looking dude who looks more like a surfer than a religious fanatic. How could I be a polygamist? Cody thinks he looks cool and hip just because his hair that is clinging on for dear life, even back then, is long. He says he looks more like a surfer dude than a religious fanatic. How could he be a polygamist? Cody looks like a middle-aged man going through a midlife crisis with that hair, in my opinion. But in his mind... He perceives that he looks like a surfer dude. That's his level of delusion. I live near the beach. I have known surfer dudes and I have seen surfer dudes, young surfers, older surfers, surfers Cody's age, and no one would ever mistake Cody for one of them, even with the hair 
under any circumstances. But yet, Cody perceives himself as a cute, cool, surfer-looking dude because he's delusional, in my opinion. He says most people think he can't be a religious fanatic or a polygamist because he looks like a surfer dude. He wants to make it seem like because his wives aren't in prairie dresses and he has long hair and looks like what he perceives to be a cool and modern surfer dude, that there's no way it's even believable for him to be one of those polygamists. But it wouldn't surprise me. He looks like a walking midlife crisis. I may not know he is a polygamist from just looking at him, but looking at a man, you won't know how they live or what faith they are. And long hair doesn't mean one would or wouldn't be religious. The way Cody perceives himself as a surfer dude who looks nothing like what he perceives is absolutely ridiculous. Why does he prefer not to look like what he is and take pride in who he is? Enough so that he mentions it and tries to make a distinction. Because in my opinion, Cody wants to sell that he is different from the Warren Jeffs cult types of polygamists. And that he wants to say polygamy is cool. And just because Cody's brand of polygamy doesn't do the child brides and the prairie dresses, it doesn't mean it's necessarily a good version of polygamy. Because they don't do the more horrible, nefarious stuff and they repackage the brand. Cody always gives me used car salesman vibes to the umph degree. Here's another quote I found very interesting in the prologue. Cody writes, I know that I'm putting my family at risk. My wives and I could lose our jobs. Our children could be tormented at school. But I'm tired of hiding. I'm tired of living like a second-class citizen. I'm tired of lying about my life. I have a wonderful family, a perfectly happy family, with beautiful wives and beautiful children. I don't want us to live the rest of our days in fear. I'm about to ask America to accept us. I want to point out that Cody wants America to accept them. But in his faith, the FLDS in the AUB that he adheres to, again, that is separate. I want to point out this is FLDS is separate from the LDS faith. And Cody actually follows the AUB and the AUB is a separate offshoot under the FLDS that the Browns follow. And it is completely separate from the LDS, the mainstream Mormon church. Anyways, the Browns follow the AUB under the FLDS and they believe in something called the Adam God Doctrine. And the Adam God Doctrine is basically the exclusion of anyone who isn't white, particularly black people, from the priesthood. So while they want acceptance, what they follow doesn't allow for all members of society to join the priesthood or leadership positions of that faith, essentially. So while they ask for tolerance, their faith is exclusionary and the opposite of tolerant. In another line, Cody says, the world is ready to accept us for who we are and not shun us for our beliefs. But their faith is not ready to allow other members of society to attain the priesthood in their faith in the AUB, the Apostolic United Brethren, a separate offshoot of the FLDS. And again, I'm going to be very repetitive and clarify that the FLDS and the AUB have nothing to do with the LDS. It's completely different. The LDS, the mainstream Mormon church, is different. So it's okay to shun other groups of people from the priesthood and the leadership of their faith, but it's not okay for America to not accept them and how they live. 
I'm happy to accept polygamists, even if I find it to be an inherently unhealthy lifestyle. And I'm happy for them to even legalize it, even if I disagree with it as a choice for myself personally, because I don't believe anyone has a right to tell people how to worship or how to structure their families or how to live. And I also believe that there will be less hidden abuse and that more women could have more resources and come forward more safely um, to live in the open if if they didn't have to live hidden away in fear and in secrecy, it would be giving those women that are under abuse or anything like that more recourse to different options to get out of their situations. If it's legal, the women will be more protected and have more resources and more abuse would be reported in my opinion. Now, I may be wrong, of course. That's just my thoughts on it. And again, I don't believe that the lifestyle provides a healthy, stable environment for all the wives and kids to thrive to the fullest extent because of the complications and the added complexity inherent in polygamy. Next, Cody goes to great pains to separate us, the Browns, from them, the Warren Jeffs or cult polygamists portrayed in the media most often. Cody says, let me introduce you to the real face of polygamy. When people hear the phrase Mormon fundamentalist, they probably think about a small subset of our population, the Fundamentalist Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. For too long, this organization and the handful of abusive men who ran it have been the poster children of polygamy in America. Until recently, the FLDS was run by Warren Jeffs, who has been found guilty of child SA and is now serving a life sentence in prison. He ruled his organization with an iron fist, creating a climate rampant with abuse and fear. He not only tolerated but promoted child brides, he summarily reassigned the wives of men he deemed unworthy to new husbands. These are not my beliefs, Cody writes. This is not my world. He continues, while we share a belief in the principle of celestial plural marriage, I want to make it clear that the practices of the FLDS have no place in my universe. We belong to a different religious community, one that has several thousand members worldwide. In our faith, incest and spousal abuse are serious crimes, which, when discovered, result in immediate legal action. With this excerpt, I want to point out again that Cody's group is the AUB, and he is trying to differentiate his group from the FLDS, saying the practices of the FLDS have no place in his world. He says in his faith, spousal abuse is a serious crime. He says the abusive men who ran the FLDS have been the poster child of polygamy. In my opinion, manipulation and abusive tactics to manipulate a wife's behavior or to gain control or a neglect of time and presence and communication or intimacy within the relationship with his wives and within the relationship with his children is also abusive. So although Cody doesn't condone the prairie dresses and the child brides, his toxic behavior is still abusive to his wives and his kids. Just because a person is not physically violent, it does not mean that they are not abusive. There are all kinds of forms of abuse. It may not be to the same extent as the FLDS leaders, but in my opinion, and this is just my opinion based on what we see on the show that I know is highly edited, Cody is neglectful of his kids and wives 
And we see that in examples like Cody not attending Isabel's surgery and suggesting she go alone. Again, and he was trying to deter his child in immense pain from getting a much-needed surgery because there would be an ugly scar. He was referring to the kids of his wives he has rocky relationships with that won't obey his wishes blindly as just the children of that wife, like calling he and Janelle's kids Janelle's kids or Christine's kids Christine's kids. He never refers to those kids from those wives as his kids when he refers to them, just his wife's kids. Cody, in my opinion, employs emotional abuse and manipulation and neglect in things like his lack of presence and investment with the family members who don't obey, and they are labeled as disrespectful and disloyal, and by that he means disobedient. He decided unilaterally in a marriage of two partners who should be equals that there would never again be intimacy, knowing he could get his intimacy needs fulfilled other places, and his wife had no other option but him for her intimacy needs. When she protested, he told her, we will see if you can be a good sister wife. So Cody is suggesting, in my opinion, that if Christine changes her behavior with Robin and is more friendly to her, he might again consider sex with Christine. Christine had no say in the decision. She wasn't an equal partner in the marriage with an equal voice that Cody was able to compromise for. Cody just dictated no sex. And when she voiced her chagrin or her issues with that, her disapproval with that, Cody suggested, well, we'll see how your behavior is with the other wives. We know the wife that Cody was referring to is Robin because he would not take up again for Mary and Christine and Janelle are very close like sisters and the true definition of what sister wives ideally should be. So Cody was using intimacy as a bargaining chip to manipulate Christine's behavior with Robin. That's neglectful and abusive and manipulative and controlling in my opinion. So although Cody might not condone child brides and prairie dresses, his wives are still not his equals and he doesn't treat them as such, in my opinion. He even had different standards regarding the children of different wives and that unfair neglectful treatment is damaging and abusive, in my opinion. In fact, many of Cody's adult children don't even speak to him per the tell-all. Treating children from the favorite wife with different standards to a wife lower in the hierarchy would also be considered emotionally abusive and neglectful as well, in my opinion. The favorite wife's adult kids can live under Cody's roof gladly with him because they obey him, but Janelle's kids were pushed to move out with the reason being that they are over 18 because those kids had jobs and maturity and responsibilities, and they followed CDC guidelines during the pandemic, but they could not live under permanent lockdown under Cody's mandates unless they preferred unemployment and no social life whatsoever. And for this, they were labeled disrespectful. And Cody tried to then convince their mom, Janelle, that they should be kicked out because they were 18 and he did all he could for them. Whereas Robin's adult children are welcome to stay as long as they wish because they obey his mandates and his every whim. He also calls his kids he isn't happy with from a wife he is less than thrilled with Again, I just want to reiterate this, just that wife's kids always excluding himself. And he's done this repetitively with both Christine's kids and Janelle's kids a myriad of times. Robin's kids are his kids or our kids, whereas he openly calls his children with Janelle or Christine, again, just Janelle's kids or Christine's kids, never taking ownership as their father. And he does it open. 
He does it verbally. He does it on camera. And it's incredibly neglectful and abusive behavior to have different standards for different kids based on who the wife is and whether he considers them to be obedient as the fav- or the favorite wife's kids. He says he is not like the FLDS or like Warren Jeffs and the abusive man who ran the FLDS when he is an abusive man within his family, in my opinion, even if it's to a lesser degree or in a different form, that level of neglect or abuse or emotional or verbal um, abuse is still there. And there is disparity depending on which wife and which kids they are. Cody says, our sect is one of the more liberal branches of Mormon fundamentalism. I wouldn't call it liberal. Let's remember, other than the doctrine of celestial plural marriage or the principle, their faith also adheres to the Adam-God doctrine. And it's not mentioned in the book, of course. Calling the faith anything close to liberal uh, would be a misrepresentation. The Adam-God doctrine is a key belief. The United Order, the Adam-God Doctrine, is the exclusion of blacks from the priesthood and what is commonly called the 1886 meeting. The Adam-God Doctrine is anything but liberal. It is exclusionary. And what type of faith excludes certain members of society from the priesthood or higher levels of leadership within the faith? It seems counterintuitive to the concept of God or religion to only allow certain members of society who look a certain way into the highest positions of that religion. Isn't a fundamental belief of most religions that all souls are equal in God's eyes? Cody claims the religion promotes personal spiritual development and enlightenment even. But the very beliefs of the faith exclude certain members of society from being included in priesthood or leadership positions. So how is that any type of enlightenment or personal spiritual development if part of the doctrine of the faith says certain people are excluded from priesthood based on where they're from or how they look? Cody says, we still believe that it is a crucial step in our personal spiritual development. Celestial plural marriage isn't something we take lightly or for granted. It's a calling, something we are summoned to by God. It's a commandment in our scripture, fundamental to our belief system. Its intention and design is specific to our personal development and spiritual growth. Not all people in our sect enter into polygamy despite their belief in the doctrine. Some never find the right partners with whom to live the principle. However, when the opportunity for plural marriage is placed before us, and when we are called to it, it seems wise to accept. Remember when I wondered if Cody wants to marry and marry as the first legal wife sanctions it and calls it a testimony by God or a calling that the other wives have to accept it or the option would be leaving the family and they may not be on board with an added wife, but if Cody and Mary, who was in mergers and acquisitions, calls it a divine calling, the only way to say no to a new addition would be divorce and disrupting all of your kids, everything they've ever known. So is every wife's voice really heard and taken into consideration when adding a new wife? Or do the wives just acquiesce when they are faced with either accepting it or leaving the family, I wonder? Remember with Robin, Cody had a calling and Mary had a testimony from God and she would go to Christine and Janelle and say things like, I think we should add another wife. Christine and Janelle could have said no, but no means them leaving, not no to the new wife. So they have no choice really but to accept. And Robin said that the wives accepted her because they wanted to see Robin happy. 
and her heart swells with love for these women. Did the wives accept Robin because Cody and Mary already signed off and their options were divorce or to accept Robin or divorcing and disrupting all their kids have ever known? Or did they do it for Robin's happiness, I wonder? The principle of plural marriage is sacred to me, Cody says, and to all fundamentalist Mormons. It's not something I've come to casually or flippantly. Is it sacred to Cody when he says his wives are all obstacles to his goals? He says, building a complex family from four separate marriages has its challenges. My wives and I have had to learn to be understanding, kind, compassionate, and patient. We have had to develop ourselves morally and ethically. Have Cody and Robin developed morally and ethically, and do they behave in a moral and ethical way? Is it ethical to warn your wives when they complain about the complications inherent with plural marriage that they signed up for this, and then also tell them they are obstacles to your goals? Is it ethical and moral to pick a favorite wife and spend the majority of your time and investment on her and her kids? Was telling Isabel to fly alone to do life-threatening surgery during a pandemic flying across country to New Jersey when she was in pain and barely 18, was that moral and ethical treatment? Is unfair and unequal treatment of all the wives and kids moral and ethical or making one-sided decisions where your wives are not seen as having equal say as you are? For example, Cody removing intimacy unilaterally or removing presence or investment or communication uh, in order to suggest and or demand a change in that wife's behavior and then to give them crumbs in return, does that seem like moral and ethical development or like overcoming yourself? Like spiritual development even? Cody says the demands on a plural family are far greater than those on a monogamous couple. During the show, Cody and the wives, whenever there is a negative that comes with plural marriage, try to normalize it by saying it's just like in a monogamous relationship. But here Cody admits the demands are greater. So when it's convenient, monogamy has the same ups and downs and issues as polygamy. And when it's convenient, polygamy has greater demands than monogamy. Since we have to consider the sensitivity of other wives and other marriages on an everyday basis, Cody says, plural marriage consistently challenges us. It makes us confront our shortcomings and overcome them. Cody says we have to learn to handle our jealousy and contain our aggression. We have to check our selfishness. There is no room for ego in plural marriage. I think it's a complete crock of shit that polygamy makes you overcome shortcomings. It's interesting Cody says here, we have to check our selfishness. There is no room for ego in plural marriage. I wish Cody would heed his own words. Cody many times has been incredibly selfish and ego-driven, and Robin as well. One example that is minor of Cody's selfishness was when it was his night to spend at the hotel with a wife when they were on an RV trip, and that wife was waiting patiently for her time with Cody. But Cody preferred selfishly to stay at the cool RV park, so he did what he preferred, and he did that by changing the rotation of the wives to tickle his fancy of doing what he wants to stay at the RV park with more regard for what he preferred over his poor wife who was waiting for her night and her time with him that now got switched in order for Cody to have what he wanted, which was selfishly to spend the night at an RV park. So he was willing to change the rotation regardless of considering his wife's feelings. 
Another example is when Cody selfishly decided to create very strict COVID mandates that are stricter than the CDC guidelines and impossible to adhere to. Cody knew this, and I believe he did it intentionally. He insisted, knowing some wives and kids were unable to live in permanent lockdown because they had school or jobs to attend to. So Cody created his own very strict C-19 mandates, and he used that as an excuse to live monogamy with Robin. And he didn't call or see most of his kids for nine to ten months very selfishly. Let's, and that's what he wanted to do is live monogamy with Robin. And so he did it. Let's talk about selfishness with favorite wife, Robin. When Mary followed Cody's mandates and she lived alone and was very lonely, Robin refused to have Mary over and Cody didn't even call Mary once. Now we know that Janelle and Christine regularly got together following CDC guidelines and they got together on their own with their kids and Cody told Robin that she could have Mary over and she told Mary the excuse for not inviting her was she didn't want to upset the other wives. Also, Cody and Robin wanted a sexcation honeymoon of 11 days of one-on-one time uninterrupted in San Diego and that meant Robin taking the time of all the wives on the rotation for those consecutive 11 days and also taking that time from Cody's kids. But they took that extended honeymoon because they wanted to. Whether it was fair or not or selfish or not, Robin got more time with Cody than any of his kids or wives ever got. 11 days, one-on-one, no interruptions. The other wives only got three-day road trips to Cody's parents' house in Wyoming. So those are just a few examples of selfishness that Cody says there is no room for in plural marriage. He says there is no room for ego in plural marriage. Cody has complained over and over that his wives don't respect him. They aren't loyal. They don't obey him. He isn't the leader anymore. And he does abusive, manipulative tactics and he withholds time and intimacy and presence and levels of investment and communication to try and manipulate or change behaviors in his wives and kids because he wants to try to gain control. And he mentions over and over no longer being the leader of the family. Everything is about Cody's ego. And when people don't perceive Cody as he perceives himself, and there is any even minor criticism of Cody, he ices the person out. And if he isn't obeyed, He labels that as disrespect and disloyalty. One simple example of Cody's ego, and there are many, is Cody saying he looks like a surfer boy. And that's just a very elementary, simple example. But Cody says he looks like a surfer boy. He says it a lot. He says it more than once and often. And he even flexes in the mirror and he will ask his wives if he looks bigger. It's delusional behavior, of course. He looks nothing like a surfer and he's not that muscular and not that big to begin with. But he regularly looks in the mirror and flexes and he loves pointing out that no one would ever imagine that he is a polygamist. And he prides himself on looking like a surfer delusionally. Anything ego Cody is all about. Another ego thing is when Cody said his wives are obstacles to his goals. His wives made Cody. Without them, he would have no TV show, no family, no nothing, and no way to raise 17 kids. So he'd be absolutely no one and nothing without his wives. And it shows his ego in saying that his wives, who make Cody who he is, are obstacles to his goals. 
Who the fuck is he? He needs to remember what he tells his wives. He'd be that he signed up for this. He'd be nothing without these wives. If they aren't his goal and his family isn't his goal, it shows his goal is himself. And if that isn't ego talking, I don't know what is. His goal is himself and what he wants and what's convenient for him. And that is ego, bottom line. Cody says, every day we must work toward a higher level of communication with one another. Really, is it communication if you don't view your wife as an equal with equal say as you have within your relationship? Like you can dictate no intimacy and not be open to discussion, but yet you work towards a higher level of communication? He says, in the end, our acceptance of the doctrine of plural marriage allows us to transcend our limitations and become enlightened. It challenges us to be the best version of ourselves in this lifetime. In my opinion, it's such BS that plural marriage allows them to transcend limitations and become enlightened. Anything Cody has shown, he has an inability to even be self-aware enough to even transcend any of his ego. He also has an inability to compromise and he has become more and more dictatorial and power hungry, lamenting that he is no longer the leader. Is ego enlightenment, is calling all of your wives and kids by extension obstacles to your goals, enlightenment? Does the best version of Robin manipulate the other wives into thinking a fake wedding dress shopping experience is real to gain brownie points or take an 11-day honeymoon knowing that Cody is away from his kids and other wives and it is more one-on-one time than anyone else in the family ever got? Is that enlightenment? Does the best version of Cody tell Isabel she will have an ugly scar and she could fly alone to New Jersey to get her life-threatening surgery during a pandemic while in pain? Does the best version of Cody accept Robin's older kids live at home because they obey him blindly, yet tell Janelle's kids a different standard, calling them her kids who have jobs and they can't live under permanent lockdown and obey his mandates? And because of that, that they should move out fast because they're over 18. What about when Cody talked to Gabe and when Gabe confronted Cody wanting a better relationship, Gabe called out Cody saying Cody doesn't even call them any longer and he hasn't seen them in nine to 10 months. Cody no longer comes around. He no longer makes an effort. All Cody did was deflect saying, well, Christine got a massage or Janelle was traveling as excuses as to why he was living monogamy with Robin, why he couldn't even call his kids, why he didn't make an effort at all, why he wasn't around his other kids. And Gabe had to then defend Christine and Janelle. Is that Cody's best version of himself to deflect why he's an absent father onto his wives? He told Mary when she tried to put him in her shoes with the insecurity and jealousy of Robin joining the family, when Mary suggested what if she had another lover, he said it was against the laws of God and nature and that it was absurd and that he didn't even let himself think about the emotions and feelings because then it seems unfair. Is that what an enlightened person does? What about using the withholding of sex as a tool to try and manipulate Christine's behavior with another sister wife, Robin? Is that Cody's best self? Is that how an enlightened man operates? Here is another quote from the prologue I would like to give my commentary on. Cody writes, I know people probably misinterpret what I do. They probably think I'm wife hoarding, that I'm satisfying my carnality at the expense of my wife's feelings. 
I know there are people out there who assume I'm some kind of macho pig. While this couldn't be further from the truth, I understand that this misconception comes from the perceived imbalance in the practice. Why can I have multiple wives, yet my wives cannot have multiple husbands? Cody goes on. In the first place, that is not our commandment. Second, when my wives are asked if they would take a second husband, they emphatically answer, not interested. Perhaps there are people out there for whom taking plural husbands is a viable lifestyle. Each of my wives has come into our family of her own free will. Choosing to join a plural family has been their choices, their preferences. It's something they prayed over, then sought out of their own volitions. Believe it or not, some of them made the first move, asking to join my family even before I proposed. So the first thing I'd like to address is Cody writes that people probably think he is wife hoarding and satisfying his carnality at the expense of his wife's feelings, that there are people who assume he is a macho pig. Let's look at the 11-day honeymoon with Robin, the uninterrupted 11 days of one-on-one time, and the time taken from his other wives and kids that no other wife or child ever got. No one ever got that much extended personal one-on-one time with Cody as a father or a husband. His other wives only got three-day vacations to his parents' house. So did Cody sacrifice his carnality at the expense of his wife's feelings? while Robin and Cody vacationed in paradise and dry-humped and swayed at the wild animal park and disgraced the San Diego streets, making out on every street corner, swaying as the wives tried to rationalize their anger and jealousy and do mental gymnastics to justify what they were experiencing as they suffered, acknowledging that their world centered around Cody, as Cody and Robin gushed about talking all night and Cody not having to go home, and Robin gushed about crossing off her bucket list and being able to do the little things together as husband and wife, like brushing her teeth, were they both not sacrificing their carnality to the other wives' feelings to basically take that 11-day sexcation? He says people assume he's a macho pig. What about when Cody laments about no longer being the leader of the family, when he longs for obedience and labels anyone who doesn't blindly obey and provide a feast for his ego as disrespectful and disloyal, and he touts his favorite wife, the wife he lives monogamy with during the pandemic, as the obedient wife, holding her up as a shiny example to the other wives of what a loyal and respectful wife should look like and what they should follow. Cody asks, why can't his wives have more than one husband, and yet he can have multiple wives? He says that isn't their commandment and that his wives are not interested. During season one, episode five, Mary's 20th anniversary episode, Mary tries to make Cody understand the jealousies and insecurities that she and the other two original sister wives, Christina and Janelle, faced with Robin entering the family. And she explained that Cody has been impatient and dismissive, suggesting Mary signed up for this, which is Cody's go-to line whenever any wife complains about any struggles relating to the lifestyle. He says, you signed up for this. Mary suggests to try and get Cody to understand how his wives feel. Let's say I had another lover. How would you feel? His response was that it's not something he's comfortable imagining. He says the vulgarity of the idea of Mary with two husbands or another lover sickens him. And he says it seems wrong to God and nature. Cody says he understands it seems hypocritical. He doesn't know how to get around it on the show. So Cody expects his wives to experience it and deal with it. 
but Cody isn't willing to try and even put his mind in the mental place to feel any of the feelings that his wives feel because then it doesn't feel right to him and it doesn't feel fair to him. He knows that it's wrong, I believe, deep down. He says each of his wives has free will, that it's their choice to live plural marriages and it's their preferences to do so. However, for example, when Cody courted Robin, he and Mary did it privately at first. And then Mary slowly started telling Christine and Janelle it was time to have an addition to the family after the process was already in motion. And if they said no to Cody and his testimony from God, the only option is really to divorce and to leave and to take your kids away from all they have ever known so they can either accept it or go. But they don't have the option to say, well, I'm not in, on board with this wife coming on. They don't have the option to really object. And if they object, they're not going to be heard. If they really don't want to put up with it, they can leave. Cody goes on to say, When I say I love each of my wives wholly, passionately, and eternally, I am telling the truth. I believe that with each of my wives, I share a destiny and that together, we five adults were predetermined to be one family. We believe on a very deep level that we belong together in an absolute fashion. We are meant to be. Cody goes on. So how can I love four women? It's a fair question and an easy one to answer. Loving them is simple. It's like breathing, waking up in the morning, putting one foot in front of the other. It's one of those things you do unconsciously. Something so deeply ingrained into your psyche and your way of being that you never question it. So, if they are meant to be and each of his wives and Cody share a destiny, how are his wives now obstacles to his goals? As he says, he loves all four women and it's as simple as breathing. It's as simple as waking up in the morning to love these women. It's something done unconsciously that you never question. He made clear this tell-all that some wives were with him out of obligation and determination and dedication and that it's not really about love, and that he is basically with them out of obligation. He made clear he doesn't love Mary at all, and Christine has left Cody. And now, at the tell-all, rather than admitting he no longer loved Janelle when asked, he deflected, saying, ask her, she will say she isn't in love with me, to the host. Janelle called Cody this tell-all her best friend, and Cody said essentially he wasn't in love with Janelle, and that they were not in sync with each other, he didn't even regard her as a friend. But yet, here he writes, the love is so unconscious and deeply ingrained in his psyche and way of being that he never questions it and he does it unconsciously, like breathing. And yet this season, he said, his wives are obstacles to his goals. This book is a book of contradictions. They should really re-release it as Cody's Contradictions, The Many Faces of Cody Brown. Cody also says of his wives, I love them for different reasons, for their different strengths and their different passions and talents. I love them for their weaknesses and their humanity, but I don't love one more or less than the others. Cody says he loves his wives for their weaknesses and their humanity, but when Christine privately voiced hating the lifestyle, Cody got angry with her. When Mary told Cody he was impatient with her, Regarding her insecurities and jealousy with Robin entering the family, Cody told her he signed up for this. He considers their natural fitting human emotions that his wives face 
with the lifestyle of jealousy and insecurity, with their husband having four partners. He considers that to be their weaknesses and their problems, and he shows resentment and impatience with it. So he doesn't love them for their weaknesses and humanity. And what he considers his wife's weaknesses and humanities, their constant struggles of insecurity and jealousy and suffering, because he, as their husband, has four wives, now three. They are natural human emotions. They aren't weaknesses or humanities it's natural human emotions. And he dismisses those things as weaknesses his wives must overcome and that are not his problem. They have nothing to do with him. In fact, he tells his wives who go to him with complaints, you signed up for this without validating them or showing a shred of understanding. Cody writes, I can't always pinpoint the moment I fell in love with each of my individual wives. And I don't always feel that love all the time. But the love is so deep, I can't imagine being without it. Our bond is the kind of thing you know you need for the rest of your life. Not in a codependent way, but in a way that bonds us so deeply that when I have been away from any one wife too long, I feel an emotional ache. Did Cody feel an emotional ache when he lived at Robin's house in monogamy for 9 to 10 months during the pandemic and he was separated from his other wives because of his constructs that he created. Cody writes, Of course, a man must have the permission of his wives to consider a courtship. After all, the woman he wishes to court is going to be as much a part of his wives' lives as she will be of his. If my wives didn't want me to pursue a relationship with someone, I'd have no choice but to obey their wishes. My first duty is to them. When Cody courted Robin, Cody and Mary basically did it privately until it was progressed a ways, and Mary kept pushing with Janelle and Christine that maybe it was time to add a new wife. They initially said no. They thought Mary was crazy, and Mary said she had a testimony, and Cody threw in stuff about God, and the process had already begun, and they made clear they were not wanting Robin, and they didn't want it. But then Cody pulled the God card and Mary as well. So Cody never pulled out of the relationship with Robin uh, because his wives disapproved. He pushed on, even traveling to her place five hours away, spending whole weekends there when his wives voiced suffering and discomfort and not wanting it. He didn't stop courting Robin. He doubled down. He gushed about finding love, in fact. He gushed about being in love and finding his soulmate. Even his kids noticed he behaved like a silly teenager in love. Cody says, if my wives didn't want me to pursue a relationship with someone, I'd have no choice but to obey their wishes. My first duty is to them. Cody says the choice was on his wives. Yet, even though Janelle and Christine voiced concerns and they weren't sure about this and they didn't want this, he first started the courtship behind their back and then he would still push on Regardless of their concerns, he still pushed on with it. Cody insisted on courting Robin despite Christine saying she didn't want it and she hated the lifestyle behind closed doors. The wives knew they had to acquiesce to Cody or leave the marriage completely. And he never had intentions of stopping the courtship of Robin if his wives disapproved. He in fact started the courting with Mary as Mary tried to get Christine and Janelle on board. And Christine and Janelle knew it was either accepted or divorce. Cody writes, As in most relationships, 
Passion is always there, but it waxes and wanes. With each wife, we go through phases. There are the demands of work and kids, all the regular things that interfere with a couple's private life. As we know, Cody cut off intimacy with Mary over 10 years ago per this past season's tell-all, and he told Christine intimacy was off the table and there had been no intimacy for years. And Cody made the choice, and he even tried to use intimacy as a bargaining chip to manipulate behavior. So it's not going through phases of waxing and waning intimacy in relationships. It's not just going through phases with wife naturally with the passion always there just waxing and waning because of the demands of life and of work and of kids. It's Cody withholding intimacy intentionally because he is no longer interested and has other options for sex and he doesn't give a fuck about his wife's intimacy needs knowing he is their only option. So he tries to use that as a way to modify their behavior and hold it over their heads. It is Cody withholding intimacy intentionally to try and manipulate a wife's behavior. It's a dictatorial, one-sided decision where the wife has no real input. Cody decides, and that's that. The wives have no input or say as his equals in the relationship. Cody has other options for intimacy needs for himself. He doesn't give a fuck about their needs, and he knows this, and he then uses sex as a manipulative tool to try and adapt his wife's behaviors that he wants to change. And he did this with Christine, suggesting when she said intimacy was a must, well, let's see how you behave with your sister wives. Let's see if you are a good sister wife. And we know that 10 years ago, he stopped intimacy altogether with Mary. Cody writes, there are many benefits and blessings to our lifestyle. We are a large family. And not one of us will ever know loneliness again. We are a team, a strong foundation on which we've raised our children. My wives support one another. They can lean on one another for small favors and for large ones. So here, when it suits Cody, his wives and children are blessings and benefits to the polygamous lifestyle. Yet this past season, he said his wives are obstacles to his goals and by extension his kids as well. He says, not one of us will know loneliness again. What about Mary? Mary's child, of course, is fully grown and Mary lives alone. During the pandemic, Mary followed Cody's mandates for COVID in the hopes that she could interact with Robin and the family at Robin's house. And Mary had no one living at her. She wasn't a high-risk person to be around and she had no threats or risks whatsoever and she was adhering to Cody's stringent mandates Cody told Robin that Mary was sanctioned to come over. Robin did not invite Mary at all. Month after month, Mary was alone. And Janelle and Christine, who decided to follow CDC guidelines rather than Cody's mandates, got together, assuming Mary was still able to socialize with Robin and the kids. When they were shocked at Mary's solitude and how she had to struggle alone all those months and they were totally floored by it, It was revealed that Cody took no issue with welcoming Mary into Robin's home. And Robin then made the excuse that the other sister wives might be upset if she allowed Mary over. When Janelle and Christine in all reality had no desire to even go to Robin's and they were already getting together by themselves on their own together, Janelle and Christine and all of their kids. But benefit of the lifestyle, according to Cody, is not one of them ever knowing loneliness again. Cody writes, our biggest struggles have been financial. There have been lean times. Cody says, it took me longer than I'd hoped to establish myself in a career. 
especially with wives to support. Of course, all of my income goes to the family. I try my best to allocate money evenly and according to who needs it most. If a wife needs a bigger car because she's expecting a new child, I prioritize that. If another wife needs help completing a major home repair, this takes precedence over something more trivial. If all of Cody's income goes to his family and he tries his best to allocate his money evenly and according to who needs it most, why was Janelle making payments on her daughter's surgery with her income? Why wasn't Cody paying for his daughter's emergency surgery? Maddie apparently couldn't be claimed by Cody as his daughter on his health insurance and that is why she was not covered by health insurance by her father's health insurance when most kids would be and Janelle had her own insurance through her job but she had just switched jobs and the insurance had not gone through yet so most kids would be covered by their father's uh, insurance for an emergency appendectomy so Cody could afford a sports car for himself but all his money goes to his wives Yet Janelle was making payments on their daughter's emergency surgery that costs over a year's wages. Why did Robin get a multi-million dollar mansion and a nanny with five grown adults in her home to oversee two younger kids when Christine had to start a GoFundMe for Isabel's back surgery? Cody writes, All of my wives contribute significantly to both their individual households and the family as a whole. Before we went public, several of them worked full-time. They support their kids, and what is left over, they kick into the larger group expenses, such as mortgages. If one of my wives chooses not to work in order to stay home and look after our kids, I make sure she is taken care of. If another wife makes a bundle while her sister wife is looking after the kids, she will share her bounty. If someone has a windfall from tax returns or inheritance, then she usually shares a good portion of it. Although my wives are fiercely independent and entirely self-sufficient, they never let anyone go without. We are a family of equals. He says if one of his wives, like Christine, for example, chooses not to work and raise the kids, he makes sure she is taken care of. Christine basically raised her kids and Janelle's kids. So when it came time for Isabel's surgery and Robin lived in a multi-million dollar mansion with childcare, why didn't Cody cover it so his wife didn't need to go begging for a crucial needed surgery for his daughter that was not on his health insurance? Why was Christine forced to start a GoFundMe? Why didn't Cody sacrifice? Or Robin, perhaps? Maybe her kids could share a fifth bedroom rather than insisting on a home with five bedrooms, a rental that would never be found anywhere. So they had to then buy the multi-million dollar mansion. So Christine didn't have to ask strangers for money that she raised and she provided child care for years for both herself and for Janelle and Cody's kids. So why didn't Cody then do what was fair and at least cover the surgery for his daughter in full? Cody writes, I want to stress that equality and fairness are our guiding principles. Since there is only one of me and four of them, I am often considered the patriarch. Unfortunately, this word has acquired a negative connotation these days. I'm appealed to on a regular basis simply because I'm the common denominator. I'm the basic element that my wives and children share. I'm a father to all the children and a husband to all my wives. Despite this, I rarely make unilateral decisions. If asked, I will choose the direction in which the train runs. But my wives are the ones who keep it on the track and running. 
They are the force behind our family. Equality and fairness are guiding principles. Really? On the show, Cody basically lived monogamy with Robin during the pandemic. He uses intimacy and withholding sex as a way to manipulate behavior in his wives, knowing he has other options and they don't. Robin is the clear favorite wife and she gets the most time, favor, and presence and her adult kids are welcome to live in her home. However, Janelle's sons, Cody wanted out toot sweet because they're 18 and he has done all he can for them just because they don't see eye to eye with him on his dictatorial mandates. Cody isn't equal and fair with time and presence and investment that he gives his wives or his kids. He says he isn't the patriarch. He is just the common denominator all his wives and kids share and that the term patriarch has developed a negative connotation. However, over and over and over again, he laments that he is no longer the leader. He is no longer respected. He is no longer the family authority. And his wives and kids who don't blindly obey are labeled as disloyal and disrespectful. He even said the only home that feels like his is Robin's because she obeys him and her kids Cody refers to as his kids who respect him and are loyal. He tries to suggest he is just the common denominator in the family. He doesn't want to be the patriarch, yet he praises Robin for her obedience and her kids for their respect to him because they blindly and unquestioningly obey Cody's every whim. He writes, I rarely make unilateral decisions. If asked, I will choose the direction in which the train runs. But my wives are the ones who keep it on the track and running. They are the force behind our family. He said his wives were obstacles to his goals and he no longer feels like other than Robin, his wives' homes are his homes because he doesn't lead there and he doesn't feel heeded and respected and obeyed. But here he calls his wives the pesky obstacles to his goals, the force behind his family. He says he rarely makes unilateral decisions. What about the move to Flagstaff? The wives weren't on board, although most likely he did that move for Robin's son, Dayton, who is autistic, in my opinion, and he was doing college in Flagstaff. So in my opinion, that's why he decided to move to Flagstaff. And Cody decided against all of the wives' wishes that they could go with him or leave him, basically. But he was going regardless. And the wives didn't really get a choice. They were told. They gave reasons why it was a bad idea to leave the cul-de-sac. And Cody railroaded every objection and insisted on what would happen. So he does make unilateral decisions like Flagstaff, like living monogamy with Robin during COVID, like his C-19 mandates. Even when he suggested IVF to Mary, for example, and Mary was initially against it, Cody pressured Mary and Mary finally decided she'd like to try. And when she voiced that to Cody, Cody wasn't willing to do IVF any longer. He told Mary, no, there was no option to compromise. He wasn't going to do the IVF anymore. What about sex with Christine? Cody decided on his own there will be no more sex in that marriage. And he wasn't open to having a conversation or a compromise or to hear Christine's voice. Cody is full of unilateral decisions. The wives voiced anger at Cody taking an 11-day honeymoon. And Cody decided he was going. The wives said... They didn't want the courtship with Robin. They weren't on board. They expressed concerns. But Cody did it anyway because he wanted to. 
Cody does what he wants, and his voice will always matter the most, and if he doesn't get his way, he does things to manipulate and neglect to try and adapt his wife's behavior in exchange for crumbs of his presence or getting some of what they want from him so desperately. During the honeymoon episode, Cody made clear that Robin and him were in charge of the whole circus. And he put Robin in a role or a position to know about each relationship, each separate relationship he has with his wives. He informed Robin about the issues within each relationship. And Robin advised Cody on how to change or what lip service to offer to assuage his wives as he continues to do things to his liking and he keeps the wives on a string and the wives were dancing around the moon to try and convince themselves during that honeymoon that their worlds don't revolve around Cody when they later admitted that yes, their worlds revolve around Cody at that point in the show. Is it fair and equal for the husband and his favorite wife to discuss the other private marriages and personal issues between husband and wife so that Robin can advise him and Cody can perform better with his wives and give them the right lip service? He said during the honeymoon episode, we decided to give them more of what they want. So basically what he was saying is we decided, he and Robin decided to give them, his other wives, more of what they want. Is that fair and equal and respectful of the other wives? Why is he deciding with another wife what to give each wife and how much and, and what to say and what to do? How is he deciding a we, him and Robin, not I'm deciding to step up to the plate? Is it fair and equal to have an obvious favorite wife and practically live monogamy for all intents and purposes, living monogamy with Robin? Is it fair and equal for one set of kids to get different standards and levels of presence and investment from Cody than other kids because certain kids are perceived as more obedient to the patriarch's whims? There are a million examples of things not being fair and not being equal. Is the guiding principle fairness and equality for Cody and the family? Or is it Cody whining and complaining of the difficulties of what he signed up for, viewing his wives as obstacles and using manipulation and emotionally abusive tactics like withholding love and presence and investment and communication and intimacy to try and change behavior or get his way? Cody says the wives are obstacles to his goals. So is his guiding principle, fairness and equality, does that hold true? A viewer of mine commented recently that adults can decide what to accept and what they deserve, but children don't get a choice, so it's particularly cruel to the kids. For example, when Cody will take ownership of the kids who feed his ego and don't make waves who obey him loyally and with gratitude versus him distancing himself from other kids and just referring to them as Janelle's or Christine's kids. One example I've mentioned many times, and I'm going to mention for the millionth time, is again how Cody will refer to Robin's kids as his kids, my kids, our kids. But with kids he doesn't perceive as obedience, he tries desperately to disassociate his fathership of them, calling them just Janelle's kids or Christine's kids. And then he checks out with his presence and his communication and his love and investment level with those kids. He'll stop calling. He won't see them as often. I noticed it long ago. And in an interview, in fact, on another podcast, 
Payton says that all the kids notice it and they feel that difference in standards among the kids of other wives. So is that fair and equal? What about how Robin is able to have a nanny with four other adults in her house to look after two little ones and Christine had to care for her kids and Janelle's kids as a full-time caregiver for at least seven kids at a time and she was overwhelmed and she begged Cody for help with the child care and he told her he wouldn't help her. She signed up for this. She needs to hold up her end of the agreement. Is that fair and equal? Is it fair that Cody attended Dayton's eye surgery, but not Isabel's scoliosis surgery? Is it fair and equal that only some of Cody's kids have their health insurance covered by Cody and have everything paid for based on who the legal wife is, and the other parents' kids, the ones that don't have insurance through their work, those kids have to start GoFundMes to pay for life-threatening, important surgeries. Is that fair and equal? If he has kids, is it not fair for Cody to be sure he can cover and protect every child and all of their health care costs and needs under health insurance or out of pocket if he must? The Browns tout higher moral and ethical standards that come with the faith, particularly Robin and Cody. But is it moral and ethical for Robin to get different standards than the other wives from everything to courtship standards to home and lifestyle standards to investment levels from Cody, also getting more time from Cody than the other wives and kids in everything from during the pandemic to during the honeymoon. Is that fair and equal for Robin to get something no one else in the family got? No wife or child ever got 11 days uninterrupted of just Cody and them one-on-one together. What wife, what other wife in that family got that situation with their husband, Cody? What child got that level of one-on-one time with their father? I would bet, in my opinion, that you, if you add up all the one-on-one time for each child till they are 18, or for every wife from the marriage, the one-on-one time alone with Cody, it would not add up to 11 days. So was it fair and equal for Robin to get that? For Robin to take Cody's time from his other wives who counted on that time as their oxygen or that level of time with his kids to take that away from him. Each wife only gets a quarter of Cody's presence and each child less than that. So was taking that much of the family's oxygen away necessary? The wives need that time as stability. They are always waiting for their next time that they get to see Cody and they probably feel constant neglect and they're probably constantly overwhelmed with jealousy and insecurity and envy. And Robin not only took two times of their quarter of the rotation to basically have a sexcation with Cody and cross things off her bucket list, but the wives had to know what Cody was doing with her and what they were sacrificing their time for. Also, they didn't know what the new normal would be, and they had to put that on pause and live with that dread and anxiety, and that must have felt like hell for them. So was that the high morals and the high ethics that Robin and Cody speak of as well that come with the faith? Is it high morals and ethics to use a pandemic as an excuse to go live your heart's desire of monogamy with Sabin and making it highly impossible, creating guidelines that are knowing that they are impossible to follow as a tool so that you can blame your wives for not being able to spend that equal time with them and to see them and your kids equally? Is it high ethics and morals not to go with Isabel for her surgery or help support Christine during that time? Is it high morals and ethics 
to fake a wedding dress shopping experience to manipulate your sister wives to bond with you and to try and intentionally keep it a secret that you already picked a dress with these women's husband because you don't want to lose the brownie points you thought you earned so painstakingly with that fake wedding dress shopping experience. Is it fair and equal that Cody was very clear that he was invested in picking Robin's dress, that he cared to be there, he wanted to be there, he was all in with Robin, he cared deeply and showed passion and investment with her, and with the wedding, and with the wedding details, and with all the other wives, Cody didn't give a fuck, he could care less. Is that the high morals and ethics to then announce it and drop the bomb on TV to get the drama for the cameras to show the public hurt of his wives? Is that the high morals and ethics that Cody is writing of? Cody says, ours is a process that elevates us and allows us to abide in God's presence. Manipulation and emotional neglect and withholding of presence and intimacy and communication and attention an investment with his wives and kids. Is that the elevation that Cody speaks of? I know we all know what elevation means, but let's check out the definition just for shits and giggles. Elevation is to raise or lift something to a higher position. Does Cody's process lift them to a higher position? Christina's freed herself and gotten a divorce. The older kids don't even speak to Cody. Is this elevation? Cody says his wives are obstacles to his goals, so his goals aren't his family. Does this process elevate them? Cody writes, I have a goal in mind of what my family is supposed to be and look like. It's supposed to be happy and peaceful and free. I imagine a unity that comes from joy, not from overwhelming sacrifice or pain, anguish and suffering. I don't want my family to suffer for the sake of God. Because if we are suffering for the sake of God in this life, we may not be happy with him in the next one. Privately, we've arrived at this unity, this peace. But publicly, we are still subject to prejudice. We are misunderstood. We are outsiders. And this is what has brought me here to Beverly Hills. This is why we are about to show our faces to the world and announce that we are polygamous and we are proud. Cody says families should be happy and peaceful and free, but everything Cody does damages the family increasingly and destroys the fabric even further. Cody is miserable now. Christine left. Mary has very little deep connection with the family despite her wishes, although she does have her thriving businesses. Her social media claims she is happy, but she never looks it on the show. Janelle questions staying, and she has to soul-search for answers. It's not an obvious answer, so she isn't too happy. Robin says she's happy. She has an almost monogamous situation with Cody as of last season, and she is the favorite who toes the line for her man and cooks an ego feast every night. But each time we see her, as her jawline grows, so does her misery, and you can visibly see the life increasingly sucked out of Robin as each season progresses. Cody imagines a unity coming from joy, not from overwhelming sacrifice or pain, anguish, and suffering. He says he doesn't want his family to suffer for the sake of God. While Cody was writing this prologue, Mary pondered why she stays. And Christine was saying behind closed doors, she hates polygamy. So maybe this was Cody bleeding some of the truth. He mentions a unity not from the overwhelming sacrifice of pain, anguish and suffering but from joy he doesn't want his family to suffer for the sake of god
But he said this tell-all, he doubts his faith. This tell-all, he said, he no longer advocates for plural marriage. He resents it. He suffers as a result of picking this lifestyle due to his faith. And his wife suffered too at his hands because of his behavior, as he has grown tired of all this obligation. And when Cody said, my wives are obstacles to my goals, one has to wonder, as he methodically ices out each wife, if his goal is actually to unburden himself and live monogamy with his soulmate. Privately, he says, we've arrived at this unity, this peace, but publicly we are still subject to prejudice, he says. We know that's untrue, in my opinion, because we know Mary had to question why she stayed back in season one, citing her daughter and commitment level as the reason she stays as she was in tears. And also Janelle, previous to this, had left the family and then returned before the show ever even filmed. And Christine was crying behind closed doors, saying she hated polygamy, and Cody was angry at her for it. So privately, there was not unity and there was not peace. That's a fallacy, in my opinion. And 16 seasons on, there is even more discord and separation on camera than we even ever heard about off camera when the Browns still put on a brave face for the world as advocates of polygamy. That does it for this first episode of Book Club for the bestseller Becoming Sister Wives. I'll put out the next episode of the Sister Wives Rewatch Season 2, Episode 2, Free Range Browns, Friday or Saturday at the latest. And I'll try to resume next week with the next episode of Book Club Becoming Sister Wives in which I will give my commentary on Chapter 1. See you guys soon. Thanks for watching. Please subscribe if you're listening on YouTube and like and share and comment down below your insights on all things Sister Wives. I really love hearing all of your perspectives and insights. Thanks so much for listening. Bye.